listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Bienyage, and today I am here with Sam and Eli from The Heights. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we might have a surprise guest later from, by, uh, by Scott. He's currently working, but he might FaceTime in, so that'll be exciting. But for now, uh, it's just the three of us. Uh, can you, we go ahead and say um, your name again and tell me what's your role in the band? I'm Sam Little. I play bass. I occasionally play keyboards in the Heights, and yeah, that's that's me. I am Eli Mace, and I play the drums. Great. All right. So tell me a little bit about your guys' yourselves. Uh, personally, or about the uh, yeah, we'll start personally, like your like history into music. Okay. Uh, so I started playing piano when I was eight years old. And, uh, you know, did classical for a number of years and, uh, and then started playing trumpet in high school. And that was a big thing for me at the same time I started playing bass. And that's really the one that really stuck out. Um, and, uh, you know, upon graduation, tried out a bunch of different things, tried to go to school for classical trumpet, tried to make my way through the Winnipeg music scene as a freelance bass player for a long time. Played a lot, a lot of cover bands, a lot of different kinds of acts, hip-hop acts, folk acts, jazz groups, you name it. Uh, and eventually found myself in the Heights with Scotty and Eli. Uh, yeah, that's it. Cool. Well, I started playing music, oof, I was probably about, I started playing drums when I was maybe 10 years old. Um, probably started playing guitar around the same time because my brother was about he's four years older than me and he played in some bands when he was in grade six and seven so I was pretty young and they jammed in my parents basement so I got to sneak down after they were done and play with all their instruments mm -hmm. and so that's when I kind of got started and I got a guitar and I started writing punk songs when I was very very young okay. and uh, after that um, I started playing guitar with uh, my friend Zach, who you met mm -hmm. when we did the None the Wiser interview. Yeah. And uh, we started writing songs in grade eight together, and um, basically never stopped until <laughs> recently. Now he's a lawyer, so he doesn't have time for that. Anymore. Oh, that's why. You, you yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, Good for him. So, so yeah, yeah, exactly, and. Um, can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. Not to like de yeah. derail your thing, but I should mention as well that like my first real experience, even just seeing a band try and like do something, was Eli's band oh, really? with Zach when we were in high school together. Oh, cool! So they were like the first guys who I saw that were like really trying to do something with music as a group, nice. and that was inspirational for me to try and cool. you know, also do it. But you can go on. Eli. Yeah, we um, well, so, yeah, that's how that's how me and Sam met. Um, by the time we were in high school, we put together a band with Alex Campbell on bass and our friend Lyndon on drums. And Sam was buddies with Lyndon, and he would come hang out. And there was like there was a couple of our friends who were just you know it's high school. Yeah. We'd be playing music, and they'd be hanging out. And um, and so then we met Sam, and then after high school, uh, Lyndon and Alex kind of kind of drifted apart. And we weren't in the band anymore, and then Sam came and played mm -hmm. bass and on the Wiser for what, like seven years? Yeah, something like <laughs> or so. So we did that. Um, Sam and our buddy Adam had started a project um, called Rise of the Westward Sons, and their drummer yeah. Tyrone had had left, and Jake was in it as well. Jake Woods on fiddle, and then. Um, I joined when they kind of rebranded or started a new concept um, called Calabayao. Okay. And I joined with uh, another friend of ours, Alan, who was in a band with me and Scotty <laughs> called The After Party. This is just like a whole... Yeah, we, we, there was a lot of incest web, around this yeah. Yeah. A whole no. web of, of our band. So, um, yeah, kind of before that, me and Scotty had started playing in a band called The After Party. Um, and then Sam actually had a brief stint in that towards the sort of tail end of that. So we've been playing in bands together for quite some time. And this is kind of, uh, I guess, 
you could say the, the culmination of all those different bands kind of you know fizzling out in one way or another and sort of us finding our way back to this kind of same group of guys mm-hmm. cool wow that's really intense backstory i love that <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> when, yeah. uh, when did the heights start uh, the height started in, oh, just, just under a year ago, so about 10 months ago, around okay. July, August of July, last August. year, okay. uh, 2015, but, uh, and it kind of was born out of, like, me and, like, Sam, myself, uh, Eli, and Scotty, I realize it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. audio, so nobody knows who me is, um, <laughs> uh, we started getting back together for, uh, at, well, would have been like an after party reunion show, which is the band that Scotty and Eli had played in before. And uh, we got together and we were playing, and it had been a while for all of us uh, since we'd played with each other. And it kind of just felt really good, and it was clicking. And Scotty had some new tunes that he was trying to shop, workshop, and uh, we just found that the songwriting process was working really well together. Cool. Um, it was flowing really well, and we were because we're such good friends we've known each other for so long it was you know none of us were really shy about saying oh I don't really like this part or I really love this part you know this works really well but maybe let's try it like this that kind of stuff and so it ended up feeling like a really organic collaborative thing and kind of before we knew it we had about 10 tunes Wow. Uh, and it really just didn't feel like the after party anymore it felt like something else so we thought we need to you know give it its proper due and, and try something different uh, with a slightly different group of people, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it was all cool. came about. Yeah, that's awesome. So, where did the name the Heights come from? I mean, we grew up in River Heights, mm-hmm. and that's so what I was that's... yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a no brainer. It's I, a little bit too obvious, probably, but uh, but for people from like when you guys start getting like world famous, they aren't gonna know that. That's the so, goal, yeah. right? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, when you know, the we're huge, and nobody in New York is gonna give a shit that we. Yeah. Grew up in River Heights. They probably have a different heights. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Maybe it's somewhere a little bit cooler, edgier. <laughs> yeah. 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 New York. Like, oh, they're from like the New York Heights, and then you're like, we'll yeah. never know. That's right. Uh, okay. Uh, so, for people who aren't familiar with your music, what's the best kind of definition to describe the Heights music? Well, we've heard Blue Eyed Soul a whole bunch of times in the past couple of weeks, um, but. And I, the, what does like, that mean, blue-eyed soul? I'm pretty sure it's a little bit... Uh, I mean, it's basically just like soul music made by white people. Like, <laughs> just to be blunt. Uh, but, like, and I think, realistically, it's like dance rock with soul and R&B okay. influences is okay. what we do. So we try and keep it up-tempo and dancey, but we also have a lot of, like, I mean, like I love Stevie Wonder. Okay. Uh, I mean, Scotty's really influenced by Sam Cooke and Marvin Gaye and... You know, we all kind of grew so up in that like stuff too. So it's like soul without the struggle. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I don't know. I always hear that like soul has like that struggle and yeah. you hear it, but it's, I don't it's know. It's true. We're all privileged if we're white. Yeah, that's that's a fact. Yeah. More on the like love songs uh, aspect of the soul music than the actual struggling. Nice. Bit. Yeah. Honestly, that's so good. Uh, so you guys are, f- are fairly new again. I say new is a good word because it's only been 10, 10 months. What is... You, I'm assuming you have lots of practicing to get done. How does that work, getting together and like planning all that practicing time? How often are you getting together as a band? Well, guys? compared to the after party, which was an eight-person band, and then the Wiser, which has been as much as ten people, um, just calling Scotty or Sam, who we're talking to each other, we have a Facebook thread that is yeah. just ridiculous. There's probably like a hundred thousand messages on this Facebook thread. <laughs> like we communicate a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. It's really not that difficult to get three of us together because we want to do it as well. So we mm-hmm. find time. Um, so we, uh, when we were writing the stuff, we were jamming more than we ever had. Oh. So like twice band. a week, yeah. three times a week nice. often when yeah. we were in the throes of writing. And then when we're rehearsing for a show, it's usually one or two times before the gig just to tighten everything up. Yeah. Uh, we also have a keyboardist that we play with who's not a full-time member of the band, but uh, we like to keep them in the loop and everything and of course we respect and value his opinion uh so usually like when we're bringing in a guy to, to learn the stuff then yeah at least a few rehearsals before the show mm-hmm. and then if we're writing new stuff then we rehearse more okay yeah we started out with a song called sweater season can you guys tell me a little bit about that one 
tell you about it maybe musically a little bit. We like, you want to talk we, about the music? I feel like I can talk. Yeah, about like I, I know the lyrics enough, and, I, and Scotty, I've heard Scotty tell the story a little bit about it. But uh, musically, that was kind of like a, a really cool songwriting process for us. I think um, we actually did that at that jam space on that you came to for the oh, okay. interview. On yeah. we did it in Scotty's basement. We started it out there, and then we kind of had um we went there like super late one night and and jammed it until like four in the morning and it was just kind of a really cool um that might have been touch of grace wasn't it but i think it was around the same time and we just jammed it all night and got this really cool m middle section that's a big long build up something that we didn't really do before um because we're with this band we're trying to keep things a little more concise and cut out some of the extra jammy bits from some of our previous bands mm -hmm. and um I think uh, the way it turned out, um, it, it feels it fe it doesn't feel like a five minute song. Like it moves through the parts seamlessly, and it's kind of a clear, mm -hmm. well put together uh, song musically. I think. Yeah, and then lyrically, uh, I can't totally speak for Scotty, uh, but I mean, it's it's just kind of like moving through the seasons, and it's really mostly about like a summer fling that maybe wasn't really ever meant to last. And, uh, you know, in sweater seasons here, it's a lot of things to me. They're like, basically, he's like saying goodbye to his summer fling. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's really the whole thing. But it's, it's a really cl cleverly crafted song in the way that it's, uh, it's about a summer fling, but it kind of like moves through the seasons of the relationship mm -hmm. in kind of like, uh, like a metaphorical sense in the way that it's like, whilst also moving through the seasons of a year. <laughs> but but it, people who are listening will have heard it, and I'm sure they will agree that it's yeah, also really good. We just listened to it. Yeah, we absolutely, yeah, we actually just, I just heard it. It was great. Uh, the magic of reading. Uh, I remember what my question was going to be. I was going to ask who does all the singing, because when you guys were introduced yourself, no one said vocals. Right. I guess it's Scotty. Scotty's um, the lead singer. And he does all of, or most of the, the songwriting, the lyrics? He, yeah, he the lyrics, crafts yeah. the lyrics, and, uh, I mean, we all sing backups. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he does all the lead vocals and crafts the lyrics, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I like um, the word crafts. That's really, I'm like a song crafter. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's, that's cool. Uh, song choice. crafter. <laughs> yeah, but like like I was mentioning earlier, we, and it's, it's, it's like an interesting songwriting process that we seem to have gotten to, where sometimes it'll be such that Scotty will come in with, you know, a song somewhat fleshed out with like, guitar chords and, and a vocal melody and, and lyrics and and sometimes that'll be the song and you know we'll you know we'll just add a bridge or you know a riff or something and, and that's what it is. Uh, but more often than not lately it's been you know us coming up with parts kind of together yeah. and then and then Scotty writing lyrics to it kind of almost <laughs> in post. Which has been a really cool experience for me because that doesn't you know yeah. it's kind of a few times where it, you know, where in in our old bands, you know, in Calabaya, Sam wrote the tunes, and I would just learn them. In None the Wiser, I wrote the tunes for Zach, and Sam would just learn them. Mm -hmm. In the after party, Scotty wrote the tunes, and we would just learn them, right? Okay. With this, like S Sam said, sometimes Scotty would come with a tune like that, but whereas in those old bands, it would have been like, that's kind of how it is, and we'll just learn it that way. Scotty's brought in songs that would have ended up completely different had we not totally changed everything about yeah. it yeah like right. we've taken a song just broken it up whole yeah. to completely different areas like both change it from major to a minor key and put it into six eight or okay. you know like or we've totally like changed the vibe just taking the vocal melody and completely changed the harmony underneath yeah. it oh wow um yeah. turned oh. a vocal melody into a guitar line and then so we've definitely like mangled the original ideas into some awesome cool. different kind of songs which yeah. is that's something that never really would have happened in any of those old bands yeah like, at least to that extent so um when you guys are writing music what are what are you specifically listening to to add or to change like what when you're listening like for me i'm really listening to uh the melody okay like if if that's what I'm, I'm, you know, working with, if it's, if Scotty's brought in a melody or something, or a part, I'm listening to the, to primarily the vocals. Okay. And I'm just trying to hear, like, is this as cool as this can possibly be? 
is like what's going on underneath it as cool as it could possibly be is mm-hmm. there going to be a baseline that i'm going to be able to put underneath this it's going to be as cool as it can possibly be like i'm just trying to like make it as musically strong mm-hmm. to support and lift up the vo- the strong vocal because that's the thing that i i feel like most people pay most attention to is just yeah. like a strong vocal so yeah. if, if we can kind of carry that forward in as a good way as possible that's what i try and do i, I can't speak for, for me it's more the overall how all the parts interconnect right how the drums are going to work with the bass and how that's going to support the guitar and the vocals um i always listen to the lyrics um that's really important to me but in this band more than that it's, it's how all the parts mingle with each other you know how the, the chords that's mostly how I write songs is just on the guitar with chords right yeah and I you know that's usually the first thing I notice and then I figure out you know how what as a drummer you kind of you're thinking vibe stuff you know how the drums and the bass are gonna work with what's going on with the kind of the skeleton of the song Mm -hmm. so that's usually I'm thinking almost like a and a lot of the time I'm thinking of the end product how is this gonna be recorded oh what is the key, what, what are the little extra percussion or random knickknacks that we're going to put on the recording? Because I, like, I get really excited about recording and that whole process, so sometimes I skip a few steps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> think ahead. That's whether good. that's a downfall or not, but no, whether it's good. thinking ahead or skipping steps, who knows? But mm-hmm. I, I like thinking ahead. But yeah, like we, we all kind of have a different, we all fill in different spots, which is nice. It's a good, good thing about us. We all have different... Uh, Strengths. Different strengths in different areas. Which nice. Is nice. Awesome. So I want to ask a little bit more about harmonizing when you guys are writing. When I am a solo artist, so right. the only time I really experience harmonizing is I've done a couple of recording sessions mm. and I've kind of just like improvised harmony and it, it's, it somehow works. Right. Um, how do you guys plan? To, like since there's more than more than just one of you. Oh, that's kind of like an ongoing struggle. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, like we, I mean, the, the vocal harmony kind of almost comes last. Uh, you know, once once the song is basically done, then we can kind of listen back to it a little bit more objectively and be like, okay, we should harmonize this section, we should harmonize this section, this will help support this part, this should stand on its own and be like you know, a lead voice thing. Um, there should be ooze here, there shouldn't be ooze here, that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, sometimes it, that happens organically. Uh, for me, like, lately, the more we play these tunes, sometimes I just find myself playing them live and thinking, and just hearing a vocal harmony where it's like, I wonder if this is going to work. I think it's going to work. And then I just kind of sing it live. Okay, and everyone's just, okay with it? Yeah, we kind of just go for it. Okay. You know, I'm, I think we all trust each other enough that yeah. it's not, like, super alarming if something like that happens. Mm-hmm. What if you did it wrong? I, I usually have like at least I've got a pretty good idea okay. in my head of what it's going to be before. You can and just like totally off key. <laughs> well, that happens, you yeah, know. Sometimes playing happen. live, it happens. You gotta, yeah, and that also kind of sometimes it's easy to get locked into playing the same. Like we do play the songs pretty much the same every time. Yeah. But sometimes you got to take risks and make it exciting for you yourself, and yeah. it, people will they'll feel that they'll feel if you're excited about it or they'll know. They'll smell right through it if they know you've just played it the exact same way every time, and it's just like going through the motions, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Cool though. I, I I don't know. I just like I always like to ask weird questions. Sorry. No, no, don't be. It's <laughs> a good question. Um, so you guys have an uh an EP yeah. that is officially being released this Saturday. Mm. It's self-titled. Um, how was that EP? Uh, like the idea of it birth. Like, how did it all start? When did you decide that you were going to release one? It, honestly, it started as us recording the songs as a demo. Okay. And we recorded more than enough. And we recorded it in Scotty's basement ourselves. And we thought to ourselves, hey, man, we did a pretty good job of recording it. Things sound way better than we ever expected. You know what? If we spent the money and got this professionally mixed and mastered and, you know, did, took the extra time to make the vocal takes really kick ass, this could be an EP. And... We cut it down from nine songs to five and chose the strongest ones. And uh, we took it to John Paul Peters at Private Ear, and he took it to the next level. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the honest answer. We recorded it just as demos, and there was even like there's a bunch of things that maybe we would say 
because as an artist, you're never totally satisfied. There's always things you want to change. And oh yeah, with those things, we said hashtag demo like a hundred times in the recording process. We're like, oh, hashtag demo, you know. But you know, it ended up really something I'm very proud of. It sounds mm -hmm. like pretty great. Okay. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, like I don't know what I'm talking about. What is the difference between a demo and an EP? So like a demo, you would record the tracks to, to demo them, to kind of like flesh out, make sure you've got all the arrangements together, like really hear what it's going to sound like kind of represented on recording. Okay. Likely to then re-record at a professional studio with a producer for like a full length or an EP or whatever. Okay. So then an EP is like a professionally released... I, in my mind, that's kind of how I think about it. Mm -hmm. Everybody, I'm sure, has different definitions. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, something that you'd release professionally versus something that you wouldn't, I think, mm -hmm. is the main difference between, you know, a record, a release, and a demo. Okay. Yeah. And why did you decide five instead of nine songs, instead of using all of them? Um, in part, budget, honestly. Okay. Uh, and in part, just uh, wanting to release the strongest statement that we could for our first release. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just with the, the set of songs that we had, we, we felt like uh, we wanted to put our best work out there first and uh, and then go from there. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a plan of releasing those other four songs in EP or full length style, or are they just going to um, hang out? We do have a plan of releasing probably another like five song EP because we think that's pretty, I don't know, it's a nice. It's a good cost effective. Yeah. It's an, and it's actually some advice that JP gave us. He said, you, you know, nobody makes money off albums anymore. Just release an EP, you know, because a lot of things is just single download, right? Yeah. But we want to make a, a, a product, like a, a CD, a physical thing. And, and five songs is, is a doable amount of money to spend in the studio. Um, and... Um, but it probably won't be those four songs that we cut from the other one because mm -hmm. we've time. been writing a lot of new stuff that I think is very exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's probably our best work actually, our new yeah. stuff. At least we feel it's it's our strongest. Okay. Yeah. And what makes them strongest to you? Um, I think mostly just aligning with our creative vision. Okay. Um, where I feel like we're really starting to settle into a creative process together. And I, like, I, speaking personally, like, I feel like it's, it's music that I want to, like, I really want to listen to, that I feel passionate about. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, I think as I get older, I just get a little bit better at getting to that okay. moment. You know, that, that feeling when you're creating something that you, like, is really close to what you hear in your head. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, no, I get that. Yeah. Or even if you, if you didn't even know that that's what you were hearing when you when you hear it, you're like, oh, that's exactly how I felt it, even though you didn't. Yeah, know exactly. Or yeah, it gives you that feeling that exactly, like yeah. the, that same kind of level of excitement that you get when you're like hearing your favorite songs. Yeah, you know? yeah, I totally get it. How about you? What's your idea of your strongest song, or what makes it strong to you? Um, for me, the two new the two newest songs have the strongest lyrics, and also they're they're actually vastly different, but they both kind of fit into how we kind of picture ourselves, yeah, okay. you know, picture the, or like envision the way we sound. Mm -hmm. I keep going back to visual things, but okay. you know, how we hear ourselves. Yeah, it's weird because <laughs> like and music is like, you can hear it, but like it's, it's kind of out there too. Like, I don't know, I think of and things. It, it could be just that they're newer and <laughs> more exciting. And you but, like them more. And that's why we like them more, but also we think we're getting better at doing what we're doing together. Mm -hmm. I think because like the new songs are they're really yeah definitely strong and that's good to, we're like moving we're, in the right direction yeah, we're also not afraid like I think even more so now like we're, we're less afraid to voice ourselves you know so if I play something or if I'm like putting out a chord progression and be like ah I don't, I, that doesn't work it's, it's not right for the song mm -hmm. you know I'm less apt to be bothered by that and more concerned with just trying to make what's best for the song. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and like the more we do it, the more we're okay with that, and the the easier it is to kind of like move forward with the best intentions for the song in mind. Okay. If that also makes sense. No, that makes that totally mm -hmm. makes sense. So uh, we will take a break in a, in a quick second. Um, but I just want to 
talk a little bit about the upcoming show for this album, or EP, is it a KP album? Yeah, yeah. That's fine. I'm not offended. Okay. Um, it's, you're having your, your release this Saturday on June 11th at the Pyramid uh, with $10 advance tickets. Where can people get tickets for this? Uh, so the best way to do that, if you want to get tickets in advance, is to just find us on social media. Uh, we are on Facebook as the Heights Winnipeg, I believe, or the Heights WPG. Heights WPG. Yeah. Uh, Twitter, you can find us at uh, the Heights WPG. Uh, same thing on Instagram, it's the Heights Music WPG. So all those places, just PM us, and uh, we'll totally get at you. You can drop it off, uh, drop tickets off, or we can meet you someplace or whatever. Uh, otherwise, you can just come to the show. It's fifteen dollars at the door at one seventy six Fort. Uh, the Pyramid Cabaret. Nice. Awesome. So we are going to take a little break. But we're going to uh, well, take a break, but everyone can listen to a song called uh, Through the Looking Glass. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that song? Does it hint to Alice in Wonderland in any way? Sure. <laughs> um, it's definitely uh, kind of a classic love song, uh, lyrically. Um, musically, it's one of those examples of of us taking an idea and completely flipping it on its side. It started out as something very different and then we turned it into much more of a ballad than it ever had been initially. And um, we were lucky enough to have our friend uh, Joey Landreth play some, some lead guitar on it. Um, and our friends in The Sweet Alibi came and sang some backup vocals. Cool. Um, so it really helped uh, take the song to the next level on the recording. We're really happy with how it turned out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I to say. Perfect. So let's take a quick break. This is Through the Looking Glass. Don't need to say 
He won't answer, but it, it would be pretty sweet if he did, because it would be magic of the internet right there. Yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project. This is Ashley Gignan. I am still here with the Heights, uh, who is Sam and Eli. What's wrong? Oh, it's my fault. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Kind of sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was a fart, actually. <laughs> it was not. Sorry. I just acknowledged it. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm embarrassing. Uh, so we just finished hearing through Looking Glass. We already talked about it though before we listened to it, so we're not gonna we're not gonna say anything about it again. And then it was really good. Um, we were we were trying to FaceTime Scott. We're, we're, gonna, gonna, try, we're gonna try right okay, now. We're gonna try it now. Do you have a question ready for yeah. Scotty? Yeah. Uh, oh no. Um, let's find out. Let's see what happens. Oh, it's FaceTime, so I'm like, I can see myself. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I can see myself. Yeah. That'd be pretty pretty great if this was a successful FaceTime interview, like on CBC Radio. Did they do that? Or CBC TV, I mean. I Unavailable. Uh, Fail. Uh, ah, it was split okay, shot. Well, cutting that. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I'll just keep going into interview. What are, what are, your, what are some of the stresses of performing? Um, I think just making sure that our show is dynamic, that we're maintaining uh, like a solid stage presence and communicating the songs in a way that's honest but engaging to an audience. Because like, we feel strongly about the songs. Like, I, think, I think we all feel like they're, they're definitely... We're proud of them. Uh, but it's just making sure that we are you know, fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? good. That's good. <laughs> Valid. Getting people out to the shows in yeah. Winnipeg. That's hard. That's I, that's I think the biggest stress. For so what have you guys been trying to do to um, have that? A lot. Blogs on the mm -hmm. campus radio. Um, we made a little promotional video. Um, With touring, um, where did you guys go? Uh, well, this is our first tour. We just got back from. Yeah. Uh, but two weeks ago and uh, so we just went west it was uh, like an eight date tour uh, we went as far as Clearwater and Fernie BC so just like right in the in the Rockies there um, oh, and so I said east at first and said BC and I'm like that's not never mind. <laughs> I, I think I said west I, I didn't know. even have to tell you that it was just in my head oh, sorry. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah so I mean we hit the big ones like we had Edmonton yeah. Calgary uh, Regina couldn't get a spot in Saskatoon, but this next one we're going to hit there for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what we did. Mm -hmm. Okay, and did you guys have plans to go on longer tours, or did they do sort of work from scratch? Or? Yeah, I mean, for the for the first few, I'd say we'll, we'll keep it short, because also financially, it, yeah. you know, we, we didn't make a lot of money, but we didn't actually spend any money. For a first tour for a lot of bands, that's actually, I think, quite quite an accomplishment. You, you evened out? That, well, we actually... We made a small profit. Yeah, which, which we, is we did make wow, a little. Yeah, awesome. not what we would make at work necessarily for yeah. those two weeks, but you know, it it was invaluable the connections and and um, yeah, mostly the connections and and kind of groundwork mm -hmm. we've laid. So um, it was definitely a very successful tour in, in my mind, just for developing the band. Yeah. Um, but I think. Part of that was keeping it short and sweet, and we didn't. We only had one day off or two days off. Yeah. Um. And so, just to maximize our time that we're out there, mm -hmm. for a bit, eventually, yeah, it would be sweet to go on the road for a, a few weeks or even a couple months, uh, if it's if it's going to be busy enough to do that. If we have like a little festival circuit or something in the summer, absolutely. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. That would be when we would do it for. 
for a longer period of time, I think. Oh, do you have a plan to do, um... Yeah, so, like, hopefully summer of 2017, we do, you know, a little bit more festival stuff. Mm -hmm. Even if it's regional, like, Manitoba festivals, that would be great. There's so many festivals. I know, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. like, that would be a great yeah. circuit to get into if we could do the Harvest Moon, Harvest Sun, Rainbow Trout, Real Love. Like, if we can get into any of those or all of them, that would be kind of, like, a nice 2017 goal. Another thing that, like, I think is really important is at least getting our foot in the door in a couple of the bigger markets, Montreal, Toronto. And by that, I just mean, like, getting a couple shows in both of those scenes uh, at least over the next summer. I oh, feel yeah. like that's that's super important. Just trying to be strategic with where we go and what we're how much time we're yeah. spending in certain places. Yeah. Making sure that, like, I mean, doing a Canadian Music Week yeah. would be killer. Mm -hmm. So we're for sure going to apply for that. And we're just, like, keeping our eyes open for all, all the various showcasing opportunities. Because, I mean, that's just the reality that we live in now is we need to play showcases in big markets in order for anybody to give a shit. Yeah. I hope that's okay that I said that. I can edit out. Okay. It's fine. There we go. With this kind of noise, uh, not noise, the sound you're making, sorry, this is... It's all noise. It's it nice noise, loud. It's noise. So that's what I meant. Like, sure. it can get loud. You have to be careful what kind of lo locations are you picking, or does it really matter? Uh, cool thing about us is, for some reason, we can kind of play any room. We, okay. I mean, we are... I kind of meant to talk about this when we are talking about yeah. the songwriting process, but... Um, I, I was reading in this David Byrne book, and I, I feel like we actually talked about this with None the Wiser. You, you kind of write songs to a venue in your mind. Wait, I didn't reach and that, yeah. we, when we started this band, kind of like we just touched on, uh, a goal of ours is to be doing these festivals. So in the back of our minds, or maybe it's a conscious thing, maybe it's a little bit subconscious, but we're writing the songs to play to the, that crowd. Great. Right? And I kind of forget what we were talking about. The, oh, the rooms, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so we're, that's the crowd that we. No, no, no. We, that's the crowd we've kind of geared ourselves toward. That is our ideal place to play. But we played. Uh, we did a house concert in a lady's living room. There was about twenty-five people there, yeah. and they were really attentive. And that was one of, for me personally, that was one of my favorite shows. You know, like everybody was listening to what Scotty was telling, song, explaining songs. Um, you don't really get that opportunity at a festival. No one's gonna. It's like holy moly, he's been talking for two minutes in between this song. Just give me the beat, yeah. you know, so I can dance. But um, we're pretty versatile because we've played in so many different kinds of bands. Mm -hmm. um, the music that we're making is definitely a little bit more up tempo for something like that like house concerts didn't it takes a special kind of host to really like it's not going to be, be okay with that bread kind of and thing. butter but um but i think we're also uh i mean yeah we've played coffee houses and we've made it work because some of our songs we can kind of you know soften or tailor a little bit more to the room yeah and i, I think yeah. yeah so we do we do try and be conscious of it you know where we're playing and like i think but but at the same time the songs are, are strong enough that they can communicate in diff slightly different formats, I think. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Um, I wanted to ask a question about going on tour and such. So you, you're being smart about exchanging noises. I keep saying noises. I'm yeah, so no. sorry. It's not noise. It's music. Yeah. I don't know. I'm so tired. Sorry. Um, you're changing, adjusting the sound and you're being strategic about that kind of stuff. Do you guys plan on going like out of country though? Uh, yeah, anytime soon, I'd say, I mean, if the right opportunity presented itself, of course, we'd be absolutely down for that. I think it's it's all of our goals to try and make this like a full-time thing or as close to it as you know we can. Yeah. Uh, and so obviously that for us would also probably mean going out of country to, uh, to perform. And that's been a dream of mine for a very long time. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Uh, I, I think it's it's you know it's an uphill battle it's a process and I think it, for me and you can correct me if I'm wrong uh, but it probably makes sense to build in Canada first yeah that's kind of what I'm thinking that's definitely and I mean there's a lot there's some big markets very close to us in the states too so if we were gonna go out of country it would probably for the first little while be you know go to Minneapolis or you know even like Fargo Minneapolis Chicago because that's basically the same distance as driving to Calgary right? yeah. Okay. Um, we just do that for like a, a weekend or four days or something. Um, 
on top of that, you know, obviously New York and LA are huge markets that everyone would love to break into, but I think there is, like Sam was saying, you kind of have to build up to that. Mm -hmm. um, another thing out of country is Europe. I know a lot of Manitoba bands tour in a handful of European countries. And they're so close they, they together. Do a, mm -hmm. They do a great job, and apparently they, they're, they're, they do treat musicians very well there. So mm -hmm. it's, um, again, that would be a little bit in the future, I would say. Yeah, that's smart. I know it's like, it's weird because if you tour in Canada, you have to drive so far yeah. to get to like maybe one city, but in that same time in Europe, you could hit like three, mm -hmm. which is so crazy. To oh, think at least, I mean, you, you, we drove to Clearwater, it was 20 hours. In 20 hours, you could drive through six countries in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> like so maybe that's what you should go for. After you hear, don't even like go to... Don't even bother with Chicago, yeah, just go straight to, to Europe. Yeah. No, I'll just love your music, I'll want to dance. Um, so what are your guys' proudest accomplishments as musicians? It could be with uh, um, the Heights or it could just be in general. Oh. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to answer that a few different ways. Sure. Um, so with the Heights, since that's what we're talking about, I'd say for me, um, number one, uh, this is the first record that I feel like I've really had a f like a, a creative hand in coming to fruition. A creative, like a, no, 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 let me put it a different way. Um, and a 360 view of constructing. So by that I mean creative, promotional, mechanical. 360 or 180? 360, like full oh, okay. picture. Oh, okay. Um, so, like, through the administrative side, through the, you know, the, the functional music creation side, through uh, through the self-production side, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's that's a really proud thing for me, musically and creatively, like, to have, to have been such a... to be, be able to be a part of that in such a complete way is, is huge. Um, and then... Musically, I think completing four years doing my Bachelor of Jazz Studies, because mm -hmm. that's, uh, you know, I, I was one of those things that I always wanted to devote myself 100% to music, and then I kind of just decided that I would, and as you know, I'm sure going through a music school degree is pretty trying at times, uh, you know, emotionally, as well as just like academically, yeah. so uh so I think uh, that's the other thing I'm really proud of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, it's uh, it's got to be all the records that I've been a part of, um, because with every, basically every record I've played on, I've been a very big part of the actual record making process. Whether that's recording stuff, just being there to engineer all the overdubs for stuff, just production things, you know. Um, you know, doing the editing. Um, so yeah, just uh, for me, my most proud accomplishment is, is, is the records because I know they're going to last longer than I am too. That's true. <laughs> that's, well, I mean, that's yeah, hopefully they do. Yeah, well, no, the, either way they will. apocalypse or something? Yeah, yeah, I mean, unless, I have, a, I have a fire safe with archives, so <laughs> it's, even, if, even if the house burns down, you know, the, the hard drives are going to be there. Okay. So, so for me, it's the recordings that, and that's uh, the recordings and and proudest accomplishment is um, I've had some amazing experiences with a lot of my good friends, like through touring and even local shows. So, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Uh, do you guys have any advice for beginners? Um, want to start their own band. Lots of advice for beginners. You can go ahead. Um, <laughs> for me, I'd say. Um, don't get discouraged because you're probably gonna suck when you start, and um, there's always gonna be. Advice to you last time. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 you know you're probably gonna suck in, when you start, but you know you get better as long as you keep getting better, as long as you keep practicing. Um, there's always gonna be somebody who you think's better than you, but as long as you set attainable goals for yourself and then work to achieve them, you're gonna get better and you're gonna be proud of yourself. Um, also, just general rules as a, if you want to be a working musician, is uh, be nice. Be a nice guy. 
um, you could be like you'd have to be a special kind of talented to be a jerk. That's my sense here. Yeah. To be a, to be a jerk and still get work, right? Like, and not very many people are that good. Yeah. You know, and even those people, you don't. No one wants to work with them. So you want to be nice. You want to maintain good relationships with other people in the industry. You know, whether that's the guy cleaning up the stage after the show, or the bartenders, or you know, the people recording you, the guy, you know, the guy setting up the mic. You you want to just be nice to everybody, you, and the, the people in your band, right? Like you don't want to have people in your band not want to work with you because you're you're bossy or you're emotional or you're offended by someone not liking your idea so mm-hmm. um yeah set reasonable goals work hard to achieve them be nice that'd be my advice to beginners cool uh yeah i i agree 100 percent with everything you i just said um and then i also say once you found like find if you want to be a band find people who are as committed to it as you are because mm-hmm. it me- it means so much more to have people on the same page because then it becomes a matter of, you know, I've, I've heard the term, like, surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up, not people who are going to bring you down, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, like, that's what I mean. Like, find people who are going to be on the same page, who are going to be uh, as ready to, to get things done. And it'll be, it kind of turns into this, like, this gyroscope that's constantly spinning because everybody's forcing propelling and, and it's like oh well this person's doing this thing so I gotta get this thing done uh, and the other thing I'll say is join Manitoba Music because not kidding it's been incredibly useful for us and I very am totally cool. kicking myself that I didn't join 10 years ago yeah because it's, it's just upsetting you know it's how surprising much how, how much like op- how many opportunities and workshops they have yeah there's a lot just, of like, promotion there. for you guys yeah. um, <laughs> maybe they'll give they'll like sponsor me or something just kidding yeah you could be be one of the panelists on the January music meeting yeah there you go maybe I'll maybe we'll see I'll I'll send some emails out anyway uh, I didn't realize how much time we'd actually have to go through through some songs Um, but uh, Touch of Grace is going to be our final song before you guys go tell me a little bit about that song if you can okay uh, this one is uh, really uh, for lack of a better word it's a banger uh, it's it, they, you know, Eli talked about you know picturing a venue in mind when we were composing uh, songs, and this one I could say is like you know that prime example of like a beach party or of like a festival stage outdoor festival stage where uh, you know just a picture like five hundred people dancing at the cube. So I think that was really the vibe that we were trying to convey. Nice. And uh, I, I it it kind of set the tone for some of our newer songs that we that. Like the the vibe that we're going for, I think as well. Um, uh, as far as the recording is concerned, we definitely got a chance to play around with some some different kind of instruments that we, we you know, I'd never really played with very many drum machines um, or synthesizers, and there's uh, a decent amount of both of those on this track. Uh, there's uh, we'll call it a techno drop. Okay. That we've never been able to pull off before, and uh, do you do you include that when you play live? Yeah, yeah, we uh we do our best to replicate it um in a way that's organic. Yeah. Well, not totally because there's still synthesizers, but yeah. <laughs> you know, we yeah we we definitely do the techno drop live, and it's a it's a fun part of the show. Cool, I'm so excited to hear it. So, so just uh, reiterate what you said before: the your self-titled EP is, is officially being released this Saturday, June 11th, at the Pyramid. Uh, for ten dollars advance, just PM when you guys on social media. Yeah, or um, email us. You can also uh, email us through our website. Yeah. That's www.theheightswinnipeg.com. Super easy and simple. That's great. And if that you don't, you can still do fifteen dollars at the door. Oh, about to sneeze. I was, <laughs> I, was getting, I was getting ready to sneeze. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was ready, but never mind. Okay, so um, is there anything you guys want to add before we go? I just want to say thanks a lot yeah. for coming down. I know it's late and you just got off work, yeah, so no, no was, it's I been great talking to you. I yeah. love meeting musicians and seeing people again yeah. and talking, and this is a, it's really just a selfish way for me to learn from other people, so I just share it with people, so it's not as selfish. Um, <laughs> so, uh, for people who are listening, uh, if you're listening to this live on Wednesday, um, 
you'll have to like Google or Google the, the Heights to find information. But if you're listening on Friday on the blog, which will be posted um, for the downloadable link, you can also find all the links to social media, the link to the Facebook event page, um, the website, all social medias, and um, a picture of us so you know what we look like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I didn't notice that before, but um, thank you guys so much for taking time to uh, talk to me and answer my questions. I had more, but this was, this was great. Um, next time. Next time. Part yeah. two, when you guys go on tour again and release your full like, length. Um, this has been the Winnipeg Music Project. Uh, my name is Ashley Bienyesh. This is Sam and Eli from The Heights. Uh, you're listening to 101.5 UMFM. Uh, and now you're listening to Touch of Grace. <laughs> Yeah.